Welcome to Fierce and Fabulous in Midlife, a podcast for women who are so ready to say yes to themselves, to redefine midlife, to liberate themselves from social conditioning, and to reclaim their motherfucking power. I'm your host, Star Monroe, expert therapist, coach, mentor to midlife women worldwide. And I've been working with women for over 30 years now, so I kind of know what's going on in your head. I am the founder of the Fabulous Collective, the secret society for midlife women on the rise and doors reopen this August. Check it out and hop onto the VIP waitlist at fiercemidlife.com. You are in amazing hands as I am obsessed with helping women step into and own the fuck out of their power. If you are a midlife woman who knows she is meant for so much more, then you've landed in the right place. Join me each week for powerful wisdom, empowering real talk and secrets from my life-altering methodology, the Star Monroe Method. Here you have all the permission you'll ever need to live your most fierce and fabulous midlife. You ready? Let's do this. Welcome to episode two. And in this episode, I'm going to be sharing more about my story. Uh, I've entitled it Destructive to Dazzling. I'm I'm actually, and I'm going to own the fucking crap out of that. I really am. Um, I'm going to let you into a little secret. Back in my late 30s, I was running another business online. I I mean, I've always been in the capacity of coach or in some way or another working with women. And um, at the time I did an email opt-in and I called it destructive to dazzling. And I did these amazing videos. I was very glamorous and I was sharing all my wisdom and my advice. But at the time I was still really destructive. (laughs) So I couldn't really own it. And now I know, you know, on hindsight and being uh, nearly 14 years older, you know, that I'm like, actually, no, I I see it now. And I really do own the fact that my journey has been destructive to dazzling. Um, I'm going to point out a line in the sand moment in my world and uh, in my life that came early 40s. I Screeched into my 40s, uh, had my third breakdown. Um, each breakdown was as equally as messy and horrible as the last. Um, and I looked at my life in my early 40s and I went, oh my God, Star, if you carry on doing what you've been doing, then the rest of your life or the last part of your life is going to be really messy. It is going to be really messy. You're going to get older. You you just need to sort your shit out. So at that point, this was, um, I think I was 40 or 41. I, I kind of sat down with myself and I went, look, you've got to, you've got to shift. You've got to change how you're showing up in life. Um, and at that point I'd really believed that life was hard. Uh, it's a gnarly place and, uh, I had to struggle. Oh my God. I believed that so much that I had to struggle. Um, and that everything, you know, all my lessons that came to me were really hard. Um, so I was like, do you go to therapy? Because I've been in and out of therapy since my early 20s. I was like, do you go back to therapy? Or do you go and train to be a psychotherapist? I was like, Haha, of course, let's do the latter. So I enrolled myself into psychotherapy school. I trained to be a psychotherapist, which was a big motherfucking unraveling of who I was. Um, and I created this kind of persona in my 30s. And I'll, I'll scoot back in, in, to, in, back in time in a minute. But in my 30s, I, um, 
I came out of another destructive part of my life and I I kind of went, fuck it, I'm going to change my name. And the name I was born with is Joanne. And my mum still calls me Joanne. Um, but the name that everyone else calls me, and it's the name that I go by, is Star Monroe. But in my 30s, I changed my name as a marker, as an indicator that I was ready to go and change everything. I changed it to Goddess Star Monroe. So over these years in my 30s, I'd built up this persona of this super sexy, glamorous, ball-busting alpha female. Um, and oh, fuck me, I mean, I got some shit done in my 30s. I was highly successful in that kind of patriarchal, successful way. I had money. I had a great business. Um, I had a sexy boyfriend. More on that in a minute. Um, but I burnt myself to the ground. You know, I, I took, I, I had three breakdowns. I just couldn't manage being Goddess Star Monroe. So my psychotherapy school was a big unraveling for me. It was a huge unraveling. Um, and when I left psychotherapy school, at the same time, I also did some training. I trained to be an eating psychology coach because my eating was fucked the fuck up. Uh, I think uh, I was still binging, binging and purging in my early 40s. Um, and I was like, oh my God, you've got to sort your shit out. Still had this real weird relationship with my body. Like I did not like my body. Um, I never, I was never slim enough. I, you know, I hate, I was fat phobic. Um, so I did some training there as well. And then I kind of came out of the school, uh, psychotherapy school and kind of went back into life, but I was exhausted. I was so tired. Um, and look, you can judge me if you want, but I just wanted someone to take care of me. I wanted someone to come along, sweep me off my feet and take really good care of me because the boyfriends and the partners I had, they treated me like shit. I stumbled from abusive relationship to abusive relationship in my 30s. And I was, I'd had enough. I was like, no, I, in fact, I almost swore myself off men. And then out of the blue, uh, my second husband and I kind of, you know, like how stars collide in the night, we collided. And I wanted my second husband to take care of me. I wanted him to rescue me. Um, and, you know, the relationship was great to start off with. It was amazing. We got married very quick, very quick, uh, within six months. And my husband's American and I am English. And um, then everything started to unravel again. And why? And there is zero shade for my husband. I uh, absolutely adore him. I have the greatest respect for him. And yet he was a man showing me my inner wounding, especially my inner wounding around inner child. Um, like my inner child was screaming for attention. She was screaming for validation. Her insecurities were going wild. So the relationship with my husband was a real journey into healing healing my inner wounds for me. Um, and it was fucking hard. I am not going to lie to you. It was hard. And at times I used to walk up my road. I used to go on walks because my anxiety was so high. I had panic attacks every single day. Um, and I wanted, to, I, I wanted to finish my life. I, I didn't want to be here anymore. I'd had enough. The, the pain was so intense. And looking back now, this was deep-rooted stuff that was ready to come up to be felt. And that's how I feel about healing. It's like when the time is right, it will come up and it will present itself. And if we're ready to feel it, 
it's then ready to move. It's like an energy needs to be felt. Um, and we can only really heal through our bodies, through feeling. We can't, I mean, I was in, uh, Trans- transactional analysis kind of psychotherapy for many years. There's only so far that we're going to get when we're uh, thinking about and, and doing talk therapy. Um, and as a talk therapist, I know that. So this is why I train as a somatic body worker as well, because when you get the mind and the body working, pow, that's when the magic happens, everybody. So this kind of unraveling, the second unraveling of me in my 40s, kind of, you know, when we, we were having a great life, we were traveling. Uh, I wasn't really doing that much with my business because I was like, oh, my husband's going to take care of me. And then within a couple of years, I realized that wasn't going to work out for neither of us. My husband didn't want to take care of me and nor should he. You know, it's not his responsibility. And the thing is that I'm a feisty chick. Like I am fucking feisty. No one can tell me what to do. Um, you know, it's the worst fucking thing you could ever do with me. And I will, I don't want to figure things out and I want to be independent. I remember leaving an abusive relationship in my thirties and I had on my back tattooed free spirit everlasting. <laughs> I got, I got back to that boyfriend again and again and again. That's another story for another time. Uh, but I always remember, I was like, you had that fucking tattoo on your back for a reason. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, and it did feel for a long time in my life I was stumbling around in the dark, but I I think that's part and parcel of life, part and, part and parcel of growing up as well and learning about yourself. So sort of a steam sort of swoop back into my 40s, kind of mid 40s, I uh, mid to late 40s, I kind of found myself in a relationship with my husband and we weren't really getting on. You know, I had lots of stuff I was processing. I think my husband was very, he didn't really, he moved here to England and he didn't, we didn't really want to be here. He he wanted us to go back to America. Um, and I, there was a voice inside me, you know, around that time there was a voice and it was like, don't settle, don't settle, don't give up. And I was like, oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I was like, I've had enough with this voice because this voice has been with me all of my life. It's always told me, it's tapped me on the right path. And it was just like, don't settle don't settle, keep going. There's more for you. And I was like, no, 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 I don't want you to talk to me. I've had enough. I want, I just want to just relax now. I, I want to, do you know what at the time I wanted to retire? I was like, I'm done motherfuckers. I want to retire. I want to put my feet up. I've worked my ass off all my life. I've hustled, I've grinded. Um, and, um, <laughs> this voice just wouldn't leave me alone. And I'll, I'll sort of get this to a short story, but what it did, it's like, you've got to go to Bali. You've got to go to Bali. Um, and I was like, right, okay, because Bali had been on my list for about 10 years. It's been in my kind of intentions, like, you've got to go to Bali. So I went, fuck it. I'm booking it. I didn't have any money. Um, you know, I was kind of living sort of on the breadline, uh, even though I was with my husband. But for me personally, I didn't have a lot of money. So I worked my ass off that year and I went to Bali. Um, and if I kind of preface that with kind of the relationship with my husband is, I didn't really know who I was because of this unraveling. I kind of let my husband lead the way, which again, no shade to my husband, but it was like, I didn't know what I wanted. I was really unclear on what I wanted. Um, and I think this happens with a lot, well, I know it happens with a lot of women because I work with a lot of women, but you know, my husband was leading the way. I kind of lost my sense of style. Like I'm a bit glam. Uh, right now I've got my trackies on, uh, but I'm a bit glam and I, I like, I'm a flamboyant, you know, I'm an ex-showgirl. 
<laughs> for fuck's sake. And I kind of lost all that. I lost my spark. I lost my sizzle. I lost my snap, crackle and pop. Um, and so I went to Bali and went off to do some yoga training and, oh my God, um, like yoga, yoga people and me just don't get on. Uh, I'm really rooted, very grounded, very practical. Like I'm fucking wise. You spend any time in my company and you will find out how wise I am. And I really own the fuck out of like who I am now. Um, and I just, I just didn't get on with the yoga people and I found them too. Like I hurt my hip while I was there and they were like, well, you must have manifested that. And I'm like, no, no, I, I lifted my leg up over a, a bridge the other day or a, a gate and no, my hip clicked. That's why it hurt. And I just found the whole experience very tough. There you go, another tough experience. But in the process, I met amazing people that recognized me for me and they really appreciated who I was. And here, look, I'm going to let you into a secret. What women need, what we all need, we need to be heard, we need to be appreciated, we need to be valued, and we need to be fucking celebrated. We get all of those. It's like ingredients to the best cake you've ever tasted. You are going to blossom and bloom. And that's why I do what I do. I have a big membership club where I give the, give the women, give the women the space to have all of that because we all need to be heard. So when I was in Bali, like I was, I was like heard, I was celebrated and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And we were having fun and I hadn't laughed so long, like as hard as, as that before. And then um, I came back to England after that trip and something shifted in me. Something had shifted. And I just went, right, I am going to do things differently. I'm going to get out of my comfort zone because I had fallen into my comfort zone. Um, I'm standing in my office talking to you right now. There's a sofa behind me. And I used to sit, before I went to Bali, I used to sit in that sofa, staring into the distance, playing a game on my phone, um, literally, and I was... I, pl- I got myself so small in my world that it was even scary to go out in my car to drive down to the town. I was like, no, something's going to happen. That's how small my world got. And I created that myself. I, I'm, I don't like the word manifested, but I manifested that. You know, that's what I brought on myself. Um, so when I came back from Bali, I changed up how I was going to show up. And I, I just made a vow to myself to get myself out of my comfort zone every single day. Uh, that was back in 2019. And literally over the last three years, my life has transformed. And I don't believe it's just because of what I've done the last three years. It's all of the fucking work I've been doing on myself all of my life. I'm a really curious soul uh, and I've figured out a lot of shit and I will. That's one of my big things. It's like, I want to figure things out. I will look at a problem and I will like, I want to, I'll fix this. I will, I'll figure out a way. I will solve this in one way or another. And it's not like that push, push kind of masculine energy. Like I've got to fix it. It's more like, I'm really curious. There's, there's a way through this. It's, it's interesting. Might be over it, might be around it, might be weaving our way through it. But so this curious, curious soul of mine has, t- has served me well. So in the last three years, you know, I've uh, transformed who I am. Uh, I've really got my confidence back and all the traits that I thought were bad about myself, you know, like I'm selfish, I was outgoing, I was loud, uh, boisterous, I swear a fucking lot. All the things that people used to tell me off for or go, oh my God, can you just quiet down? Who do you think you are? I now really own the fuck out of them. (laughs) 
And I'm like, these are really good things to have. But before I, if people said that, like I was still that person, but I had all these defenses. And I always say like, I'm, I'm an asshole. I was an asshole before and I'm an asshole now, but I'm, I'm less of an asshole and I'm a nicer asshole and I'm a more fun asshole and I'm, you know, I'm a wiser asshole. And I definitely don't take myself too seriously. And when I do, I slap myself around the face and I'm like, come on, come on, girl, you know, lighten up. It's, it's good because I know when I take myself too seriously, I take life seriously, my body contracts, I contract. And then I get back into that place of like, oh my God, there's not enough love, money, security, safety, blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's an, it's an ongoing practice that I've done to change my mindset, to change my world from there's not enough to there's way more. There's more than enough. And there are so many possibilities out there. And this is not something that I dip in and out of this kind of mindset. This is something that I'm committed to living every single day. Uh, no, it doesn't mean I don't fuck up and make mistakes. God, no, we're messy. I'm fucking messy. I am messy. And so are you. You're messy too. And, you know, we've been brainwashed into believing that change is linear, that, you know, we need to do A and we're going to get to B and we can't make any mistakes and perfectionism is a trait that we need to be. No, 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 no. Um, so, you know, I've really transformed my life. And you'll hear more about this. You know, you'll hear more about these little steps that I did. Um, and I share everything. I share everything that I've learned with all my clients and my members inside my secret society, the Fabulous Collective. So I'm going to put a pin in that kind of story now, but what I want to do is take you back further uh, to when I was a little girl and fill in a couple of gaps for you because I believe this, I really know this is important um, and this gives me the depth and the gravitas to show up as I do. Um, but I remember way back like, 9, 10, 11, I remember my first experience of hating my body. My first experience of hating my body, I read the Vogue Beauty Bible. And in there, it's told me that I had to, to have a, an acceptable body, a perfect body. I had to stand with three gaps in between my thighs. I've never had those, not even when I was bodybuilding. I'll, I'll get onto that in a minute. Um, and also when I lay down, I should be able to lay a ruler from hip bone to hip bone and slide my hand underneath it. Oh, well, that started off a, let's do the math, teens, 20s, 30s, a 30-year journey with eating disorders, 30-year journey with eating disorders. I was anorexic in my teens. Um, I was kind of ignored by my mum, my dad. Um, it, I've, I'm of the era where you were seen but not heard. You just had to get on with it. I'm, I'm the eldest of three. Actually, I'm the eldest of four because my mum remarried and had, a, had my baby sister. Um, and I was the eldest. I was kind of like just told to get on with stuff. Um, I also grew up in that stoic era, which again, I believe there's something fucking powerful about being stoic, but not at the expense of not expressing your emotions. So, you know, I was never allowed to express my emotions, to tell people how I feel. Um, and if I was too emotional, too angry, too sad, too shouty, God, I was shut down. No way. I was, I was made fun of. I was uh, ridiculed. So, you know, there was all of that with my childhood. I left school. I was a good girl. I was a really good girl. <laughs> I'm laughing because I can't even imagine myself as a good girl. I was a really good girl until I was uh, 16. 
And then I was like, fuck the lot of you. Left school and fucking did what I wanted. Went to college, fucked college off, went to the pub, found boys, fucked everybody, uh, drunk everything, fucked some more, started to equate sex with love. Uh, so fucked a few more people and then fucked a few more people and then had a boyfriend and then fucked somebody else. And oh my God, I was fucking everybody. I remember having this black book about like all these men I fucked. It was like this kind of extensive list of my fuck accomplishments. <laughs> and um I met my like we're fast forward I met my first husband uh, early 20s uh, we traveled the world um we got on really well we got really on and it's like I look back now in my 20s and it's like I just didn't have any fucking baggage or I, I didn't even I didn't even know myself so you kind of come into it very I was very innocent came into that first marriage very innocent again I still kind of played into that kind of good girl vibe um but then if you push me too much in that marriage I would go fucking ballistic um we had a child George my son is nearly 22 um and he's just moving out as well so he's kind of flying the nest and doing his thing which is very exciting um and um, we, where did we get to? We kind of, like I was running businesses. I started teaching aerobics and fitness in my 20s in that kind of Jane Fonda era, leg warmers, those tan tights. And then I moved into personal training, massage. I was aerotherapist, sports massage. I used to do Thai massage. And then I went to university, did a master's degree in exercise and health behavior. And then my husband and I um, fell out of love. He left. Um and then I opened a Pilates studio. And um, you, um, oh my God, I opened a Pilates studio and it was kind of something I always wanted to do. And then in my 30s, then in my 30s, oh, because I was like newly single, I just kind of went off the fucking rails. I just went off the rails. Um, and looking back, it's kind of like I have this real wild energy about me, this huge brilliant energy. But the thing is, no one had taught me how to channel this energy to do like for good. So in my 30s, these were my destructive years. And this is when I discovered cocaine. I became a cocaine addict. I was doing like two grams every single day for over like five years. Um, Became an alcoholic and literally moved from one abusive relationship to another. I mean, I was... uh, I will say this uh, as briefly as I can. I was beaten up. I was spat on. I was treated like shit. And I and I talk about it like it rolls off the tongue. It's it was it is part of me, but it's not who I am anymore. I've experienced it, and I've and I have healed a lot around those experiences, and I will continue to heal a lot around those experiences because I know some of them are still lodged into my body. Um, I had boyfriends take my money. I had boyfriends just. Uh, just take so much advantage of me. And I let them because one of my traits was I lost myself in relationships. I just completely just had no boundaries and became this. So outside the relationship, I was this fucking alpha female, but in a relationship, I was just like lost. It, it was extraordinary what, looking back at it. And it's something I still work on now. Like it's a continuous, I, I work on that. And I recognize that now as my inner child, um, you know, that I've always, I'm the one who has to look after my inner child, not my partner. Um, 
So in the, my 30s, I also opened uh, one of the UK's first pole dancing academies and exotic dance academies. Um, I became a showgirl um, and opened up loads of shows in London. I uh, did a couple in Vegas. Um, I ran huge, uh, beautiful, amazing, sexy variety evenings called Glamour. Um, and it was just a heady time. It was amazing. I like I have this real hedonistic kind of vibe to me. So it was like really pleased me. It really like served me on a deeper level. But so like my businesses were going well. I was like, everything was like on the outside going beautifully. Uh, on the inside, I was destroying myself because I was this cocaine addict. I was an alcoholic. I was bumbling on from abusive relationship to abusive relationship. In the process, I was spending all my money. So I went bankrupt. I went bankrupt. I had one of my first breakdowns. Um, also in that time, I had a lot of plastic surgery. Again, a story for another time, I feel. Um, had these massive, huge bosoms put on and then they weren't big enough. So I had more boobs. Uh, it was a crazy time. I tell you, it was crazy. Um, so <laughs> just looking back, it was nuts. So I, it was 2008. I found myself on the floor of a local hotel. I was woke up in the morning. I was clutching a bottle of wine. I I drove to this hotel drunk uh, because I'd run out of cocaine in my house and I'd run out of alcohol. And I knew if I checked into a hotel, I could carry on drinking. I woke up. I was a fucking mess. Uh, and then something came to me. It was that voice. It was like, you're fucking up. You're a single mom. Like you're not looking after your son. Um, you've got your money's going. Sort your shit out. So within a week, I cleaned my act up and then I kind of channeled that sort of vibe, that energy, that obsessive compulsive energy of mine into bodybuilding. So within a year, I was on the British stage. I came 10th in the UK. Um, and that kind of set all my eating disorders off. And I kind of had an affair with an amazing man, one of the sponsors. And oh my goodness, again, more drama-rama. Um, and kind of then I so I plugged back into my business, but life kind of was getting tough then because I, I was on the other side of bankruptcy. I had no money. Like I was living on the breadline, lived on the breadline for a long time. Um, and kind of, you know, I was, and then I remember that one of the final pieces that I knew I had to do, it was in my 30s, was to end my codependent relationship because I kind of had this on-off codependent relationship. I thought he was my twin flame, my soulmate. Uh, no, it was absolutely toxic. So uh, I remember finishing that, completing that cycle with him in my late 30s. And then that kind of brings me up to where I started with you in my early 40s with me kind of going, if you carry on doing this, everything is going to be a fucking shit show as you get older. So there are so many stories from my life I can share with you. Uh, but as always, I'm respectful of your time. So we will leave this here. And um, yeah, if you have any kind of thoughts or you want to get in touch with me, check out the show notes and or, or just send me an email at star at mrmonroe.com. 
Thank you so much for listening. I am honored you are here with me. If you've enjoyed this episode, subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And I would love for you to write me a review on Apple Podcasts or share it with someone else who you know would love it too. Stay connected and sign up to my VIP list at fiercemidlife.com. And if you're ready to up-level your midlife, then check out my high-level private mentoring program. You'll find all those deets at fiercemidlife.com too. Until next time, keep channeling your most fierce and fabulous self.